Your Money, Your Life, Controlled by You podcast. Good morning. This is Jackie Hendricks and Ashley Goings, your host for Your Money, Your Life, Controlled by You. Today, we're going to be talking about something a lot of people need and they don't know really much about it. It's called final expense, otherwise known as funeral insurance or senior insurance. Final expense pays for your funeral cost and costs that are left behind after you pass away. Now there is something also called pre-need and a lot of people get these two confused. Ashley, why don't you share with us what pre-need is all about? Pre-need is really when you're prepaying for your funeral arrangements, what you want, how you want it done. And these are generally set up in your prospective funeral home um, of your choice. And they are able to allow you to make monthly, quarterly, yearly payments so your family doesn't incur that debt as the time comes when you pass. The nice thing about it, too, the pre-need tends to lock in those rates at the time they're purchased. And a nice thing about the pre-need is when something does happen, that those things are already in place. So the family's already in enough stress that they don't have to guess what that person's favorite song was, you know, what kind of flowers, what the sermon they would particularly like. All those things are taken care of in advance geared towards that person's wishes. When you look at final expense, final expense also sometimes is gone to for people that have more medical issues um, that they wouldn't generally qualify for a normal whole life, term life, uh, index universal life. And it's not necessarily just the health issues, but your medications as well can disqualify you from a a normal policy to where we need to look at final expense. And like you said, final expense is not just for a funeral. If you're projecting, and I I say that word loosely, that you're going to leave debt behind, you want to make sure that your policy is enough to cover that debt So your family doesn't incur those transfer debts that we've talked about before, that they don't have that hardship coming towards them. Correct. And this is one thing we don't like talking about the inevitable. We're not going to be here anymore, but we don't want to leave that to our loved ones, our spouses, or our children. Actually, 75% of Americans leave debt when they die. This is another way of preparing in advance to make sure that debt is not left behind. Our kids are grown. Our houses are usually paid off. So we don't need a lot of the big insurance policies, but we still need something to help with those last time expenses that we don't want to roll over to our family. We might have a pre-need in place, but still also have a final expense policy so that it will cover our surviving spouse to help them offset any unexpected bills that came through that need to be taken care of, or even if you've been really smart and got all that taken care of, leave a little something for them. Some things to note about a final expense policy, they are whole life, but they are 
limited as far as how much money you can get. I've seen them anywhere from a few thousand dollars up to thirty-five dollars to $50,000, depending on the provider. One reason why they do this, most of these policies are age bracketed. The older you are, the more expensive it's going to be. So a way they keep the expense down is the amount of coverage. Cost of a funeral is something that we need to take into consideration. On average, most funerals cost anywhere between about $6,500 to $7,000 up to $10,000, But if you get into some of the Western states and like Hawaii, it can be anywhere between 18,000 and 27,000. So these are things to take into consideration when you're preparing in advance what the costs are going to be in your state. What kind of funeral are you looking to have? Are you wanting a traditional burial? Are you wanting cremation? I can speak from experience with losing mama last month. She already knew that she wanted to be cremated and she did have policies in place. Those policies are able to truly take care of her entire funeral expenses. Her cremation, because that was what mama wanted, was right at $4,500. We did visitation at the funeral home that included the, the fee that they because mama wanted her ashes buried. So that included opening and closing the grave and, and all of that stuff. That's things that we need to look at and truly take into consideration when you're thinking about the amount of coverage that you need. Like we said, as we get older, you want to make sure that there's enough coverage there that you're not going to get knocked out of coverage due to health conditions because as we all know as we get older our health seems to always deteriorate one nice thing about this type of policy usually they're pretty liberal as far as who is able to qualify for them but they're they do take into consideration certain things so you need to look at the type of policy what it does cover and what the kickouts might be but the good thing is they're usually whole life they usually are a tax-free benefit. There's, They don't have to go through the will or probate once the person passes away. So those are good things. But again, because of our age, we're we tend to be limited to how much can be there. So look at what your state has to offer, the cost. We talked about the age brackets. So generally speaking, with most carriers. An 18-year-old cannot get a final expense. It's generally speaking, again, it does vary from carrier to carrier. You're looking at anywhere from age 40 up to be able to qualify for final expense. And the other side to that is that the coverage, generally speaking, you're going to have coverage to age 100, 101, 120, 121. That's the age ranges that most carriers cover you to. That's the things you need to take into consideration when you're looking at a final expense policy and making sure that it's the right coverage for yourself and your family. Because if you have good longevity in your, your family history, if you live past age 100 or 101, then you might want to make sure that you get with a carrier that's going to cover you to age 120, 121. Don't settle when it comes to getting coverage. 
make sure you do your research that we've always said and find the best fit and solution for you and your family. I know you guys have heard us kind of repeat certain things over and over. We're just trying to drive home the importance of educating yourself. We know this. We don't have to really share this with you, but it is our heart's desire to be able to impart this knowledge to you so that you don't make mistakes like we've seen with a lot of our loved ones and our families. There's nothing worse than something happening to someone and they have nothing in place to take care of these expenses. And then the family is already in enough stress because they've lost somebody and now they're having to scramble. Hey, we need enough money to bury someone. We even heard where basically somebody was they couldn't bury the person until they got that money set up. So that just delayed the the whole process of mourning because they also had this added stress. We've got to find this money so we can put our loved one in the ground. And it it was just a very unusual situation, but it does happen. You don't want to hear about these GoFundMe pages. Seems like we are harping on this quite a lot, but it's because we see it happen day in and day out that we're trying to help you prepare in advance, educate yourself to know what to do to set up your future, to set up your family so they know when they're going through these stressful times that they have things in place that take a lot of that burden off of them. We've talked about in past episodes, the riders that come in most of your permanent policies. And I think it's very important that we discuss that on a final expense. Generally, and I keep saying generally because it it does vary from carrier to carrier, but because of the age bracket, because of the health conditions that may or may not be present, final expense does not have a lot of riders. You might have a long-term care rider on there, but you may not see the critical illness, the chronic illness, or um, the terminal illness. That's things that you need to take in consideration too, is if you have a health condition, for example, here, Jackie, knock on wood, I'm not, you know, trying to jinx anybody. I'll use mama, for example. Mama had end-stage COPD. Well, we knew that we could have her care at home on that, but then mama falls, she breaks her hip, ends up in a nursing home, which is where she passed. We never saw her having to go into a nursing home for anything because she was still mobile. She was still, you know, able to relax when she needed to and get around when she wanted to. Stubborn woman. But, you know, um, so if you have a condition to where your family or you can foresee needing that long-term care to have to go into a nursing home, have to go into an assisted living facility, then you need to make sure that the final expense policy that you're looking at has that rider there. True. But again, remember that the final expense is usually limited as to how much money is going to be in there and how much money is going to be able to go towards these riders. So you also might want to prepare and have something else in place should you need to go into a nursing home or a nursing facility. You want to make sure that you read all the provisions 
and that the qualifications are met before you even go through the process of doing an application. And why is that? Because time is the most valuable thing we have in this world. So why waste your time? Why waste the agent's time? And you're you're not going to qualify. There are certain provisions in your policies that you really want to pay close attention to, and that's called a contestability phase. Yes. To where if you had a, let's, let's use diabetes on this example. Okay. All right. Um, If you were pre-diabetic prior to getting the policy and you were to pass away from complications with diabetes, then yes, they can contest that you knew about this beforehand and didn't disclose all of the information on your application. So you're kind of on that seesaw of will they pay or will they not pay? So just as much as the application process is, and just like when you go through an application for the policy itself, and you have to let them know what your um, medical history is, and they run the report for your medical information, if they don't match up and they can go back and prove that it was something that was pre-existing, you you do face that risk of, uh, I didn't disclose everything, uh, it didn't pop up, but I was told that I was a pre-diabetic, then... It's just that risk of rolling the dice and seeing if it sticks type thing. Right. And that's the whole thing. It's about disclosure. Anytime you're talking with an insurance agent, what you tell us is confidential. It's not going to go anywhere except to the insurance company. And you have to be upfront and honest because we cannot help you if you're not telling us the whole truth or not disclosing the whole truth because it can be a kick out. The two-year contestability is something that you need to pay attention to. Also, some of the final expenses are guaranteed issue. Those, then you have to look at during the first year, it's going to be what you paid for that first year plus a percentage if you should pass during that first year. The same with the second year is a higher percentage. Third year, it goes on up. And then usually it's 100% payout. You need to look just to see the stipulations of the policy and how the payout works over the years. Another thing you were talking about being very open and honest while we go through the application process. Yeah. How many times have you and I met with a client and they're, you go through the application process and they're like, oh, no, I never had that. Or, oh, no, I don't take that medicine. And when the report is ran, you find out that they have or they are. The, I forgot. Right. That's the big <laughs> kicker. And this is a disclosure that I want to make to everybody is if you were once written a prescription for a medicine that you are no longer taking, please go to your doctor and ask them to remove that prescription from your medical records. Because if it still shows up, 
then the insurance company is going to be like, well, why are they taking this? Well, they haven't taken it in two years, but it still shows on their medical information. So now you're also prolonging the process of getting you covered because now we've got to go to your doctor. We've got to get a statement saying that you're no longer taking this. It's healed. It's um, been switched to this, whatever the case may be. And we've got to get that to the insurance company. Right. And also talk to your uh, pharmacist, because a lot of times when they pull them, your drug list, you've got drugs on there that have been on there for 20 years. <laughs> you don't know on there anymore. You've mm-hmm. long stopped taking them. Exactly. And you've got to be the one in charge. Just not let these things pile up because it can adversely affect you in the long run. So being aware of what you're on what you're taking. If you stop taking something, let your doctor know, let your pharmacist know that I'm no longer taking these, have them removed from the list. Think of it as your health credit report. You do an annual credit review of your, or an annual credit report review. Do your medical at the same time. (laughs) Say that again three times real fast for me. Annual credit review, annual credit review. (laughs) That was only two. That's all you're getting. Um, But I mean, seriously, because like you said, there might be something 15, 20 years ago that the pharmacy still has on prescription history that could be knocking you out from getting coverage. It's just being aware of what's out there on your records because that is going to follow you through your life and if there's something on there you don't want to be on there get it off if you can (laughs) well along the same lines though and i hate to use this example but i'm going to use it because i've dealt clients let's just be honest let's say that at one point in time you went through a very rough patch in your life Mm -hmm. and you were seeking on your own, not ever forced or not ever referred by another, another person, another physician, another person from the medical staff um, to go and see a psychiatrist, see a psychiatrist. Right. If you've gotten through that, that time of your life, and you're no longer seeking help, please make sure that they close out your file and put your end date on there. Yes. Because all of us, honestly, it comes down to mental health and all of us have probably struggled somewhere along the line, needed someone to talk to, had to have a prescription. Yet, that was years ago. We're no longer dealing with that issue. We've moved on it, gotten better, talked through it, whatever the case may be. But unless that is closed out, it's still opened on your records. So that's a very, very valid point to bring up. But the Mm -hmm. final expense, you could use it pretty much for whether you want to buy a new casket or a different casket. You can use it for flowers. You can use it for you know, maybe a meal afterwards, whatever you want to use that money for, leave it for your spouse to use however she needs. It's just a way of securing and just making provisions for those final days and, you know, the unexpected expenses you might incur after passing. And giving your family truly 
time to grieve instead of worrying about making ends meet because you've now passed. That being said, um, like I said, we've covered term, we've covered whole life, and now we've covered final expense. So next week, Jackie, we are driving that bus right on into an indexed universal life. Universal life, as those two words go together, have had a bad rep in the past. We're going to show you the new type that is indexed, not variable. We do not deal with variable. We will explain those two differences and show you how you can really prosper and set your legacy up by using an indexed universal life. Honestly, this is like one of the best kept secrets. A lot of people are not familiar with this or how it works and how it works to their advantage. So it is a big secret. We're going to be telling you all the ins and outs about it. So be sure and join us next week as we go over Index Universal Life. I also want to um, bring attention to something, Jackie, that we, we've told everybody what the web address is. Yep. www.ymylpodcast.com. There we go. Um, but I really urge you, if you have a plan in place that you're not really sure if it's the right type for you and you want a free look at your plan, or if you have any questions about putting a plan in place, please go to the website again. Jackie, what is the web address? www.ymylpodcast.com. And on the website, guys, you can just click on the tab at the top that says contact us, fill out the form. It is strictly confidential and you will be able to tell us exactly what you're looking for. And that way we know when we get on the phone or a Zoom meeting that um, we can talk to you about your specific needs. And don't forget that we are on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Our Facebook group is Your Money, Your Life, Controlled by You. And like, comment, share on YouTube and your favorite podcasting platform.